What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another week of Living with Will. This week's episode is the first ever two episodes in one week episode. We had NFT Poppy yesterday. We got Carmen coming out today. Thank you all so much for you know agreeing to do interviews and listening and, and moving this culture and this community of Living with Will forward. It's fucking incredible. I'm so grateful to everyone who's tuned into all the episodes and for taking the time to speak to me and share their wisdom and share their art um, and share their lives with the audience. I'm internally grateful for it. And I wanted to make sure I started this episode with gratitude. So thank you all to all the guests. But right now we have one guest in particular that I'm especially excited to introduce to you. And her name is Carmen. She goes by the artist named Neurite. She's a fucking legend. Her art is incredible. She's just a phenomenal human being. We talk about medicine. We talk about mental health. We talk about art. We, talk, we touch on some really serious subjects and we touch on some lighthearted shit too. But if you're into art, if you're into the power of healing, if you're into all things amazing, this is the episode for you. I want to say, I just want to say, if you're liking the podcast, please like, comment, and subscribe. It really does help me get this to more people. It helps me with outreach and algorithms and all that other shit. Uh, so thank you so much. And shout out to the guests. Shout out to Carmen. Shout out to this interview. And much love, everybody. Continued success and happiness to all of you. And let's just get right to it. Welcome back to another week of Living With Will. So I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I'm super stoked. Fuck yeah. So, you know, I like to start these interviews off at the beginning, uh, being that we all started as children, I think that's a great place to start. How did you get from being, you know, Carmen the child to becoming Carmen the artist? What was that journey like? Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> that's a hard one to answer. Like, <laughs> okay, I think if I had to start anywhere, I would just say that. So when I was a kid, um, I was growing up between here and Mexico. Um, my dad's from Mexico and we were born here, but we kind of like lived there quite a bit. Um, and I was um, in immersion school. Uh, so I grew up um, actually in Minnesota. Um, and then as I got older, um, I started to eventually form an interest in science, actually. Um, I always had an interest in art, but my dad was very clear to me. He was like, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do art, you're gonna end up working at the Tasty Freeze for the rest of your life. So like, you don't want to do that. And I think um, that was something that really made me go, okay, well then, what what do I do so that I'd be like okay and like be able to like you know support myself? And that's you know, I was like, I'm I'm interested in science. I like science. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to med school. So. <laughs> So then I started to, uh, yeah, I started throwing myself into that. I still kept a foot in the art. Um, you know, I was like, I love to sing and I was um, doing pottery and loads of like, nothing digital though at that time. Um, I didn't know how to use a computer. <laughs> not, not like a PC, but um, yeah, I, yeah, that's, a, that's another story. But um, so yeah, so I went to med school um, or I, I applied, I got into med school, which was crazy. And the year before med school uh, started, they say like in your wait period from when you get accepted to like getting in, they say, do something that's completely unrelated to medicine. And I was like, okay, um, I'm gonna 
like do AR at shows and just kind of like hang around. And one of my first weeks I met a VJ and they were like, let me show you what I do. Cause like this stuff is really cool. And I'm like, okay, like show me whatever. Like, um, and they're like showing me some stuff. I'm like, this is really sick. I want to learn how to do this. That would be awesome to do in my like time off. So I got Resolume. I bought a controller. I started learning how to VJ and then uh, shortly after learning how to VJ, I was like, wait, I want to make my own stuff for the screen. And they, yeah, I feel like that's not a thing. So unless you know how to animate, right? So yeah. So then I was like, I'm going to learn how to animate. So I started teaching myself, um, starting with like Premiere and After Effects and eventually worked into Cinema 4D, um, which is like probably my specialty. I also did some stuff in Blender to start out when I was learning how to like do 3D modeling. So yeah, and then that's kind of how I ended up where I am now um, in terms of like my skill base and like, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully that's a good. That's an amazing answer. It's perfect. Okay. Um, I, it brings up so many more questions, which is, you know, you were going down this medical path and then you know your your interest was sparked in another direction so did medical school end up not happening did you end up fully transitioning into art no I'm actually in medical school currently so yeah um that's my week time job and then on the weekends and after I get done with class I'm animating and I fly out to VJ um and you know, sometimes I push exams and call in sick because I have to for shows, but you know, we won't tell my professors that. <laughs> I love that. So you're doing both. I, I think that's yeah. a, a true testament. You know, I think there's a lot of artists who get discouraged because they think they have to choose one or the other, like their career um, financially, you know, to support their lives and or their like artistic dream. And I love interviewing people who navigate both spaces. I think it's really yeah. important for people to see. Definitely. Um, it's something that like, I never really expected. Like I didn't expect this visual thing to like turn into a job. Um, and one thing just led to another. And all of a sudden I'm paying my medical school for med school, like with the money that I'm making, I'm supporting wow. myself. I'm able to like not take out student loans. And like, it's just crazy to me to like think back to that day when I was talking to my dad and he's like, you're going to work at the Tasty Freeze. I'm like, I'm putting myself through med school. I, I think that's pretty good. I would say. Yeah. Pretty goddamn amazing. If you ask me, that's, that's incredible. Um, I would love to know, you know, for an artist who might be starting out in like the VJ space or an animator starting out day one, it's their first, you know, first animation. It's, it's daunting. They're worried. What would your advice be to someone who's just now starting out? I think, okay, so it is very daunting um, when you don't know a program, like it's very frustrating because you just want to make something that's in your head, but you don't know how to navigate that space. So tutorials are awesome. I didn't learn that way and I regret every second of it. I learned the hard way of like trial and error um, and very few tutorials. I wish I would have like capitalized on that because there's a lot of really great people that have tutorials. I'm actually coming out with some tutorials. Um, hopefully we'll see those in the next couple months, but just anybody's tutorials um, would be a great way to start. And then I think um, one thing that's really helpful or has been really helpful to me 
has been like, um, I'll set myself a challenge. So like with animation, give yourself a little more leeway. Um, you can't really like every day is kind of an ambitious thing to think with animation. But um, I set myself like a agenda or like um, an intention for like a mini project thing. And I would try to do one a week. So like, for example, maybe it's just using one, like maybe there's like a tool you're not really comfortable with like masking or something like that, um, set yourself an intention to make a whole little like mini one minute video where you'd use like that in a number of different ways. And like, I found that to be really helpful because by the end of it, I was like an expert in that tool. So that's a little like, that's that was my trick, I guess. I love it. And yeah, that's, keeps that's you accountable. One. Hell yeah, no, that's amazing. Thank you. I think it's, it's a phenomenal advice and it actually, you know, it brings up uh, a, a great transition, which is, I always ask people kind of to share some words of wisdom that they've been given. You know, you're, you're giving us some amazing words right now from yourself, but what are some words of wisdom that you've been given along your path artistically or otherwise that have helped inform your journey? Ooh, I have to think about that one. Yeah. Take your time. Take your time. Yeah. Cause I've, I've had the opposite. I've definitely had uh, people bring you down as like a female in this industry. So I feel like that, that's definitely happened. I'm trying to think of encouraging words. Um, <laughs> is it bad that I can't think of any? No, it happens. It happens. It's unfortunate, but it brings up a new great question. Uh, actually, you know, navigating a space that is predominantly male centric um, I'm sure has been, has, has had its challenges. I'm curious to know, you know, what are some advice you give to other females coming up in this space? How would you speak to women that want to, you know, find, find success in this to like stay on the journey despite those obstacles? Yeah, I think it's a really tricky one. So like, honestly, like one of my first times doing hard, hard fest, um, I showed up to the front of house, like 15 minutes before I had to be on stage to VJ for like the headliner and the guy wouldn't let me in and he said that I wasn't allowed and then allowed my friend next to me who had a guest pass who was a male into the space even though I had a production pass um, and he turned to him and goes are you kidding me right now do you realize how sexist that just was this is the person who's VJing the headline slot um, and when I finished that show like he came up to me and was like, wow, that was amazing. So I think that brings up a couple things. One of them is like, your, the way you react is extremely important. Um, I, didn't re, I didn't get angry. I just, for me, and this works for me, this isn't how it has to work for everybody, but I just like kept on a face, a strong face. I didn't get emotional about it. Um, and I went and did my job and I let my work prove itself. And I think that's like how I've always approached it. There's a lot of different approaches though. But for me, I've always been um, the type of person that's like, I'm just gonna not try and talk my game up and just like come in, have them have low expectations for me because I'm a female because, you know, they don't see a lot of females. And when they do, maybe, you know, they don't see great VJs that are females. I'm not sure why they have that judgment, but I always just come in, do my job, do it professionally um, and allow the comments not to bother me. And I feel like that has pushed me so much further in this space than, 
than anything. And I, I don't think that that's necessarily, like I said, the perfect way to handle it, but that's the way that works for me. And it also keeps me, my game face on so that I don't get distracted, like when I'm doing a show. So, and I think that's I also that. important. That's so sick. Yeah, not, nah, no question. As far as like, you know, work ethic and you were talking about your game face, I think that's, that is a great transition. You know, what are some ways that you keep yourself motivated and focused? Like what are some tricks that you use to um, maximize your output? Yeah. Like creatively it's, it can be really difficult. Um, especially in the pandemic, I feel like a lot of people have really hit creative ruts because they don't feel like they have purpose and they are, are grinding down. And, and it's really hard when you lose your creativity to get it back. And sometimes you don't even know what the recipe is to get it back. It just happens magically. One day you wake up and you feel like creating. Um, for me, that I do actually have, for me, like, during the pandemic, I was in a really similar creative rut. And when I got into the crypto art space, it changed everything for me because I was creating for myself. And so I think the best advice that I could offer is like, do client work, but also do something that fulfills you that's like for yourself and creatively expresses you, even if it's not for money. Obviously, that's a great uh, additional incentive, but um, <laughs> but even if we don't have crypto or we're not going to sell an NFT, like just make something that you're proud of that you want to put out there because it represents you or like it speaks to you or you enjoy that process of making that thing. And I think like that can really help with the creative process. And then like those once a week activities um, also really help me um, because they keep me on track in terms of like, I just, I, I hold myself accountable. If I don't get that done, then I don't get to do other things. So yeah, I, I also am like insanely organized when it comes to like my time management. So for me, like I set a time period and if something doesn't get done in that time period, I just accept that. And I walk away and take a break and go do something else. And I feel like not being hard on yourself about not feeling creative is really important. So those are my, my offerings of advice. We need them. Those are huge. I hope everybody goes back and replays that segment. Cause I will be when I've edited this, that was an amazing, I mean, it's such great advice. I think, um, people really get on themselves. I think it's one of the things that our generation and, and artists as well suffer from, which is like self-inflicted harm psychologically mm -hmm. is I think the yes. biggest obstacle we all face. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I think that is my biggest downfall. Like I will send off a piece to someone and I'm already telling myself 150 ways that it's crap. <laughs> and that no one's going to like it. And I'm never going to get hired again for a job um, until I get the feedback. And it's almost like always positive feedback, but I've just hyped myself up to like completely ruin my own self-esteem. And how in the world are we supposed to be creative when we're being badgered by like the worst boss ever, which is ourselves? <laughs> right. It's so bizarre. It's, it's one of those things that I'm trying my best to buy like through these interviews, I think by showing people how many of us suffer from it as well, hopefully I'll be able to get into their heads and be like, no, fuck that. 
you're, you're that little boy's talking shit to you is an asshole. Don't listen to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the goal. Like try and try and break that down and, and come up with better positive thought patterns. But like, as someone speaking from experience, that is not easy. And I have certainly not perfected it. <laughs> so not even close. Me neither. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's really great, though. But I, you know, it's a great transition to your work. You know, what are some projects that maybe the audience should be looking forward to or maybe some things that you can speak on that you're working on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my project right now um, is coming out. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but um, it will be coming out on Friday, uh, which would be the 2nd, I think, of April. Okay, um, I can try and put it out on Friday. I, I can try and have two episodes out this week. It'll be a living with Will first, but I think we can manage it. <laughs> so yeah, my project comes out Friday, which is April the 2nd. Um, and it is entirely um, d- like inspired by mental health um, and mental illness. Um, this came, yeah, it's kind of like, I'm really excited about it. This is my Genesis piece. I feel like it really... Um, embodies like me as a person and what I care about and and yeah it's it's basically my emotions on a page (laughs) that's fantastic I cannot wait for this project and also beyond just the fact that I love your art as a fan of the the idea behind it I mean a, a mental health awareness raising piece is like come on that's right down my aisle that's fucking yeah. amazing yeah uh, you, you spoke briefly about like how it, it brings in like coping mechanisms and stuff could you speak on that a little bit like kind of maybe for people that are listening that might have some mental health issues that they're trying to yeah work on maybe. yeah absolutely so like um one of the things that like I started to tease in some of these artworks um like you'll see in one of the artworks, there's like headphones in there. So like music is obviously a really great one. Having a creative outlet can be really great. Um, I think like coping overall, that's a really hard one. It's very individualized. So what's worked for me may not work for you. And I think that's important to remember as you try these things like that I'm going to suggest because there are things that work for me. If they don't work, that doesn't mean that it's because they're like not great coping mechanism it just means that it's not the right one for you um some people think that like meditation and mindfulness really helps them personally it does nothing for me like in terms of my mental health it doesn't um I've you know I think it's a great one though and a lot of people really respond well to that um I find that working out is amazing for my mental health um making sure I'm active and really pushing myself um that does wonders for me. And it doesn't work that, you know, great for everyone. Um, Getting outside and just not being stuck inside, which is something that I think a lot of us creatives really struggle with because we just want to get this project done. We just want to finish one more layer. And then all of a sudden it's dark outside. Um, Regular sleep schedule. And I am the worst about this because I stay up so late at night um, working on projects because I feel creative then. But that is um, a huge one. We've seen loads of studies that have looked and compared at um, sleep deprivation and mental health. And, you know, it's crazy how much of a difference um, getting on a regular sleep pattern can make. Um, Eating healthy is another really great one. That's an awesome coping mechanism. Um, And then practicing um, those positive 
thought patterns. And I think like when you're in a moment where you're panicking or you're having an anxiety attack or you're very depressed and you can't stop crying, like practicing writing, like having a written thing that you tell yourself every time that you write when you're in a really happy mood or like you're in a really great mood, write really nice things about yourself into a notebook. And when you're sad, go back and look at those things. Um, so those are things that like, I highly recommend like trying out, like I said, like there's loads of the different resources. Those are some things that worked or didn't work for me. So hopefully that's helpful. So helpful. And I also love the, the, you made a great comment that I really resonated with, which is like, what works for you might not work for someone else. What works for me and I might not work for you. Like, it's so important that we understand that, right? Like, this is a personal journey that we're all on in our own way. You spoke on mindfulness. For me, mindfulness is a great, <laughs> it really helps me. So I thought it was so fascinating. You're like, doesn't really help me, but it helps other people. I'm like, I'm one of them. It does, it's, it's so, it's fascinating how like, you know, we're so different, but we're also so similar in many ways. And I love the idea of writing positive things in a notebook. I'm going to start doing that. And I also will share this with you. My sister does something with her partner where they will tell each other three things they're grateful for from the day at the end of every day, like just three random things throughout the day. It could literally just be like, it was sunny outside. <laughs> but apparently they're like, it, it will help them so much on like the worst days just to have that little bit of like, all right, yeah, today wasn't so bad. I thought it was pretty horrible, but it was, it was warm. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, I love that. I, I did that for a while where I was putting um, things that I was like grateful for, or just things that I was proud of, of the day or like positives and highlights. And I think that's a really good like log so that you can also just look back and be like, Oh, remember when this happened, that was a great day. And I just feel like, yeah, it's, it's also just really important for me personally. Like I write down all my goals and I go back regularly and look at them and I'll, I'll blow myself away. I'm like, holy smokes. I, I accomplished all these goals. Didn't even realize it because I was already on a path to what I wanted to accomplish next. And I haven't even given myself credit for it. So give yourself credit too, because like, yeah, people accomplish a lot of things and don't really give themselves the, the recognition for those accomplishments. And I think that's really important in mental health as well. Amazing. I'm so grateful for that. One thing that I think we've all been working on, you know, during this pandemic and this deep period of introspection, right, is we've spent a lot of time alone. So we've had some time to kind of look inwards and see some things that we might want to work on. For me, for example, I've, I've really been trying to speak with more intention, um, make sure that I, you know, because sometimes people will take my words and they'll think I said something that's completely different than what I meant to say. So I'm like, okay, maybe I got to work on my delivery. <laughs> so maybe um, if you feel comfortable, what are some things that during this pandemic you've been working on internally? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, I think for me, one of the biggest like things I've taken out of this pandemic was like appreciation for the work that I was doing. Um, and the opportunity to do it. And I'm sure a lot of people feel really similarly, but for me, like I was at a point at the beginning of the pandemic where like, I was getting a bit cash grabby. If I have to call myself out, I would have to say that like, there was definitely some moments where I was like overloading my schedule, 
um, cranking out content, pulling really long nights and not taking care of myself um, because I, you know, wanted to make money and be able to put savings away. And that was great and all. And then it all ended. And I realized I wasn't even appreciating the fact that I was like going to some of these amazing shows and getting to perform visuals, which like, if you asked me two years ago, it would have been a dream to go to those. Um, and I would have been like, holy smokes. I, if someone told me I was going to go play at Rampage, like I would have told them that they're mental and that no, like, so I think like, yeah, there's that for me has been like a really big one. And it's made me really care a lot more about the work that I'm doing. Um, and I've stopped really thinking about it as like, how many hours am I putting into a project, but rather like, am I going to be happy with the outcome of this project? Like I'm putting something out there and once I've delivered it, that's it, you know? And if there's a mistake and I see it every single time, will that make me happy? No. So I, yeah, I've approached things very differently because I'm not just trying to like get stuff out. I like really want to do things that I care about. I'm proud of um, and that are really clean and that I think show more expertise than my previous work. So, yeah. That's fucking awesome. So great. This has been one of my favorite. I mean, we've touched on really inspiring and deep topics uh, and I'm, and I'm so grateful for that. I always like to kind of round out at the end a little bit more lighthearted and, um, yeah. you know, nonsensical. Not, not so dark and twisty. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I think that honestly is the most important parts of the interview. I just like to let people leave with like light energy. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of um, a direction I'd like to go towards the end. So if you were, I'm going to ask it as a three part. If you were to be a superhero that exists currently that you've heard of already, what superhero would you be? A superhero. Oh, wow. I have to think about that one. Okay. A it's superhero a that exists. Yeah. So yeah, I have to come exists. up with the first one. Yeah. First. The first one is, is they already exist. It's like a Marvel hero or like an X-Fan. It doesn't, it can be anyone. Um, male or female, just a superhero that it already exists. Who that already be? exists. Oh my gosh. I have to think about that. Uh, oh. I feel like, I feel like maybe I would go with Batman. No. The reason being is just because he doesn't kill people when he beats them up. And I think that that's awesome for like, a, for like superhero movies to like show in light of like, yeah, him like, he's like putting the bad guys out and kicking them down, but like not, not killing them. And I mm -hmm. think that that's great because like, even in, I feel like it's very relatable to like the world in general too, because like, um, just like when there's a bully, like you're not gonna kill the bully right? Like they still exist. So um, I think like being able to like, you know, maybe like stick up for yourself and whatnot. Um, but then like, you know, come out of it still being a good person and not trying to um, approach it with two wrongs, make a right is a really good mentality to have when you go into like um, a situation like that. So that's why I'm picking Batman. <laughs> Amazing reason to pick Batman, you know, defend yourself, but don't be a murderer. I think that's kind of the, 
the best takeaway from the Batman series. Now I'll bring it into the more creative direction of the question, which is now you're a superhero. You choose any power you want and you have to pick a name. So what would your name be? And what would your superpower be? Oh, wow. Okay. So I have to pick, I have to just pick. So I'm making one, I'm making one out of just what, like can do whatever. Whatever you want. They can literally do anything and they can be called anything. Um, I would love to have the superpower of being able to heal people with videos. So like, if I put something out on Instagram, like I could like make a video that, and this is so like millennial idea, but, (laughs) but I don't even care. So, um, I would post like videos and then like, if someone watched it, let's say like someone watched my video, um, that I just put out that they would be like heal or they would be like healed from their depression or I I think that would be so cool because it would like mix both my like healing side and then my like my um my visual like still want to be a VJ that is a sick power and then what would your superhero name be oh gosh um I would probably just keep my own my my name because it's like uh, the name or the name that I've come up with for like my brand, which is Neurite, just because like I chose that very intentionally because it like relates to that. so my interest in school is pediatric neurology, um, and I think that there's so much to be said about like visual um, therapy with kids um, and in general with the brain stimulation. I feel like there's a lot of avenues for like visual therapy so I don't know I think that's kind of like why I because it's an interest of mine and I wanted to connect like the visual side of things with like the I want to be a neurologist side of things and bring them together and so that's kind of where I came up with that name so I feel like I would keep that in the right name for like that that's I love it I was hoping that you would because I want I was hoping to ask you for the backstory of neurite and I think one, I'm grateful that it, I got my question answered. And two, I think it's a super sick superhero name. <laughs> and it's, it fits. It fits for what that superpower would be. Yeah, definitely. I'm curing you with videos. Aesthetically yes. pleasing videos that cure you of all ailments. <laughs> Fucking awesome. I love the powers that help people. I, I was saying to someone the other day, I love the powers where it's like, you know, self-fulfilling. It's like, I'm a teleport and I'm going to go invisible and steal from banks. Like those powers are fun too, but I really love the powers where it's like, I'm going to cure social issues. Like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can't really see myself as a super villain. I would, uh, I would probably have there. Okay. I would probably need to go through some like uh, training about how to be a super villain if I wanted to do that. I love that. <laughs> Living with Will will be offering classes for superhero, superhero villains. And you super- don't have to, see, it's so funny. So one person came on, they told me their power and I was like, you're just coming off as a super villain right now. <laughs> it's like, they wanted to like control the world or something. I was like, this is <laughs> it's not very superhero, but I loved it. <laughs> That's like, um, have you seen WandaVision? I've heard amazing things. I haven't been able yeah, to watch you it should, yet. You should watch it. I'm not going to ruin it, but um, yeah, I'll wait. And then in Clubhouse one day, you're just going to be like, okay, I, I watched it and I know what you're talking about. But awesome. um, that is one of the superpowers that's like controlling the world kind of thing. And yeah, Ooh. that's all I'm saying. Like a so Mojo you- Jojo. 
Yeah, you check it out. I'm not going to ruin it. And I'll, I'll look forward to hearing in Clubhouse when you uh, have seen it. Great. Awesome. I can't wait. So I got three last questions for you. Go for it. They're going to be very different from each other, but they're going to be very fun. The first one, if you were to have to eat a food group for the rest of your life, what would the food group be? And it could be, it can be adaptable. Pickles. I would just eat pickles. I don't even need a food group. That's just what I would eat for the rest of my <laughs> life. Fucking awesome. I love pickles. I don't know why people aren't like bigger fans, but they're it's one of the best. My mouth out. is watering just talking about them. That's, that's my life. Sorry if I spit on the screen. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you though. I had recently, I had this like slightly spicy pickle. Oh my fucking God. Pickles are amazing. Actually, I have a pickle lighter right here. That's, I have the same one. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Pickle Let's lighter go. gang. Fuck yes. We got to start that trend. Pickle yeah, life. Might have, to, might have to make this an NFT. It's not a terrible idea. I kind of love it. The <laughs> second one would be, what's your favorite condiment? Well, I feel like the first answer is the second, doesn't it? Is that considered a condiment? Okay, actually, I have a second answer for you. I got you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sriracha, because I put that on everything. I'm Fuck a yeah. sriracha whore I love for it. sure. I was, <laughs> I was going to accept pickle. Because one, it's never been said, and two, it, I think it's a condiment. It counts. But Sriracha, huge fan. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Sriracha. You know, I will tell you a funny Sriracha story. They had to shut down a Sriracha plant. I forget where it was because it was making the air spicy. Yeah, I heard about that? about that. And they were like, people were having like their eyes were watering that lived around the plant and stuff. Yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> it's fucked up, but it's like so. I'm like, yeah, it sounds like sriracha. <laughs> so good. Icing up the air. So, this is the final question for you. And I want to thank you before I ask it for your time. It's been really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm going to paint a scene for you this time. Okay. We're sitting, we're, we're posted up, we're on beach chairs on an exotic island. Um, you've just completed surgery on me to give me bionic legs. Um, <laughs> and we've minted the interview. We're incredibly successful. We're trillionaires at this point. So we're, <laughs> we're toasting it. We're watching the interview. It's 30 years out. And we're getting to the end of the interview and we're watching me ask this question. And it's your final thoughts, fi Carmen's final thoughts to the interview. What would your final thoughts to the audience be? I think my final thoughts, my final thoughts would honestly be like about anybody that's interested in like getting into this space or is in this space. And I would just say like, throw your soul into what you're doing and like really care about your work. And like, I feel like that's the best advice I have for getting yourself out of a creative rut. So I was just thinking about that question you asked me earlier, and I felt like that was something I wanted to add. So there's my final thought. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Well, Carmen, thank you so much. Um, we will 100% be paying attention to your career as you as you continue to move forward. Huge fan of your art. Um, any description that or any link that you want to share, I'll put in the description. So okay, anybody cool. that is interested in learning more, you can go check that out. and. Uh, continued success and happiness to you carmen you're a legend and i'm so grateful to have had you here this has been amazing cool thank you i'm gonna cut awesome. it right there that's carmen okay. that's fucking sick that was amazing yeah so good. good i'm glad it
it was informative. It was deep. It was serious. It was fun. It was every category that I try to knock off in these interviews and you Perfect. did it seamlessly. No, seriously. Awesome. I'm so pumped. 